Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Joshua. The Old Testament book of Joshua and chapter number 14. The Old Testament book of Joshua and chapter number 14. We're starting to do a little bit of a fast forward survey through some of the things. Um, Not that we're trying to belittle scripture or trying to leave things out, but... As we go through it, what they're happening is that we've had the central campaign, we've had the southern campaign, we had the northern campaign. Then what happens is they conquered the land, they begin to divide out the land, where they start to divide out the land to which part of the land belongs to which tribe of Israel. And they're releasing it, and they spend a lot of time dividing the land. They actually move the capital from Gilgal to the place of Shiloh. They move the tabernacle to Shiloh. They reset it up there. And Shiloh is going to be their headquarters for the next several years. So while all this is going on, the people are dividing out, we bring our attention back to a man that God has used beforehand, and he is now going to claim the inheritance that God had given him. In Joshua chapter number 14, notice with me if you wouldn't mind, in Joshua chapter 14, let's pick it up in verse number 7. Joshua 14 in verse number 7, the word of God says this, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephthah, the Kenzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, My brethren that went with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have treaded shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he hath said these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet I am as strong as this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore give me this mountain, wherefore the Lord spake in that day. For thou hast heardest in the day how the Anakins were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I will be able to drive them out, as the Lord said." And Joshua blessed him and gave Caleb the son of Jephthah Hebron for an inheritance. 
Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron, which was before Kirth Jath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakins, and the land had rest from war. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find three times in the book of Joshua, chapter number 14, that deals with Caleb. Joshua 14, the first time we see it is in verse number 8, where it talks about that he wholly followed the Lord. That he wholly followed the Lord. Once again, it is mentioned in verse number 9, where it says, Thou hast wholly followed the Lord. And then, once again, it um, in after number 14 and verse number 14, the phrase, he wholly followed the Lord. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to do a character study on this man, Caleb. And as the Bible describes him, Caleb, he wholly followed the Lord. Caleb, he wholly followed the Lord. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for you being a wonderful God a God who's worthy to be worshipped and worthy to be served. And as we come up to you today, I'm just asking that you would encourage us through this Bible message that we can see that you're a God who still wants us to have victory. And no matter what our condition is, whether it's old, whether it's ability, whether it's whatever else, Lord, you want to use us and you still want to provide. You still want us to have those things that you promised for us. I'm glad that we could trust you by faith. And there is no mountain that's too big, no foe that is too frightful that you can't overcome when we trust you by faith. I'm asking again that you would do your own work through your precious word. And that once again, you would just fill me with your precious spirit, that you would take over me physically, spiritually, that you would do it all and that you would get all the credit and glory for it. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, it's always amazing how the Bible uses descriptions to talk about different people of the Bible. I think of Barnabas, who was known as the son of consolation. Basically, he was known as a big comforter, the son of consolation. You could go through the Bible and see how God describes these people. Abraham, the friend of God. And that how it's stuck, and that's how God describes him and remembers him. As we come to Caleb, how did God describe him? Three times in this passage, as it reflects to Caleb, he was known as someone who wholly followed the Lord. Now that wasn't partially, it wasn't sometimes. He wholly followed the Lord. What a great testimony to have. Now remember in the context where we're at, that Joshua has divided up the land uh, in the previous chapters in the midst of the context. They're moving the capital, they're, they're setting things, they've captured people, including um, in Joshua 13 verse 22, uh, it talks about Balaam. Uh, you might remember him in Numbers, who he was hired to curse the people of God. And he couldn't curse, so what he did is he convinced the people how to, um, the Moabites, how to get God to curse the people. He was a bad enemy. And here in Joshua, they finally caught up with him. He was probably on the run for a while. They caught up with Balaam and got rid of Balaam. And they're getting victories all throughout the land. They're getting ready to move the capital. In Joshua chapter 18, they're going to move the capital. They're, they're putting out the divisions of the land and the borders of the land now. And in the midst of the dividing of the lands, Joshua's old friend Caleb comes up and says, I need to have a meeting with you. 
He says, I want to have an appointment. God made me some promises and I'm ready to claim them. I'm ready to receive them. And if you don't mind, I'd like to do a character study on Caleb. And I'd like to examine the three parts of his life. That his beginning part of his life, his middle years, and then his later years. First of all, as we do a character study and we examine the life of Caleb, the first thing I'd like to examine is his early years, and they were described as looking up by faith. His early years was looking up by faith. Now, we know that there's a lot to a name. In the Old Testament, names were not arbitrary. Names always had meaning. Name People put thought into the names of their kids. It wasn't just to pick it out of a hat or, you know, whatever sounds good or just to randomly put things in. Maybe even some of you don't even know what your names are. Some of you do. do. But in the Old Testament days, in the old Bible days, a name was always purposeful and meaningful. And Caleb's name is a big indication about the type of home and the type of environment that he grew up in. Caleb's name means dog. Now, in the Old Testament days to the Jewish people, dogs were not very favorably looked at. You can almost imagine that type of household that he grew up in when here's little baby uh, that came out and Caleb's mama looks up and says... We got a baby boy. What do you want to call him? Dog. Let's call him the dog. You can almost imagine just by that context. What type of home that he grew up in. That his dad said. "Eh, It's just the dog. That was Caleb. Probably not the type of environment he grew up. Not the, not the type of environment that was the ideal environment. Not the type of environment where someone could say. You're going to be somebody. He was known, there's the dog. To compound it more, he was born a slave. He grew up in Egypt as a slave. And for 39 years of his life, he was a slave. His job was to make bricks from the straw and from the mud. And he was to make these bricks so the Egyptians could build their monuments. So the Egyptians can build their idols. So the Egyptians can build their various different structures. He was tasked with all of his life. There's dog working like a dog as a slave with taskmasters, with whips, This is a type of man who grew up in that environment. But you know, there was something different about this. You know, we live in a world today that justifies people's actions by their home life. Well, you got to understand, my dad was no good, so that's why I'm no good. My dad was just a deadbeat, and so I just, you know, that's how I turned out. Would you understand that with God... He could always bypass all of that. That you don't have to follow the same path as the parents that came before you or your grandparents. Those aren't good excuses. You see, he made a choice that he was going to wholly follow the Lord 
Even when the circumstances were not ideal. Even when he didn't come through the ideal home. Didn't come through the ideal raising. He grew up as a slave. He grew up with whips across his back. He grew up 39 years. And you know what? He didn't carry that bitterness. Those Egyptians, I'll make them pay. Those Egyptians, oh, someone needs to make them. I, I, we've been oppressed all of our life. How dare they? You know, you don't have to be bitter. You could still forgive even in the hardest circumstances. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it can be done. You see, he didn't let his circumstances, he didn't let the way that he grew up, he didn't let the things around him determine whether he was going to follow God wholly or not. Why can't you read your Bible? I just didn't grow up in a home where we read our Bible. So I'm just not going to do it. That's not a good excuse it is. You can't let the past determine what you're going to do in the future. Remember the whole theme of the book of Joshua is victory. Victory. Some of the victory that we need in our life. Is not to allow our past to hold us back. From what God has for us in the future. You don't have to let your past. Determine what your present. Is going to be like. You can determine. That you're going to advance forward. No turning back. No turning back. And you know what? There is required to be a choice there. It is required that you have to say, I'm not going to let it hold back. I'm going to keep looking unto Jesus. I understand that their hope was in a Messiah. Their hope was a deliverer who was not there. Age 20, prime of his life, healthy and strong, sloshing in the mud. No hope of getting out of that. There was no bettering himself. There was no community college. There was no getting out. He was destined to be a slave for the rest of his life. But he said, I'm still looking unto God. I'm still looking unto God. I'm still looking unto God. And say, don't you understand? Give up. Give up. Don't you understand? You're not getting out of the mud. You're going to be there till you die. You're going to die in the mud. Just like you watch people die. I don't know what's going to happen in my life, but I'm going to keep looking up. I'm going to keep looking up. I'm going to keep looking up. The first stages of Joshua's life, or Caleb's life, was not a life that was ideal. But it was the life that he had provided for him. It was the life that God had used to prepare him. Didn't he gain a lot of strength working in the slave pits? Didn't he have a determination that I'm not going back? Didn't he have a determination when he finally got delivered and his life was changed and he got a brand new life that I'm not going back? I'm going forward. I've seen what God can do. I'm looking forward to the promises that God has given to me. There's no looking back. The first thing we want to do as we examine Caleb's life is we wanted to think about his early years. Even the starting off when he was born and his parents had the idea of calling him dog. That doesn't leave much hope for you when you're just the dog. You're just the mutt. That's not a very noble thing. Not in that society. Who's, who's only going to live and die in the mud pits. But he kept looking up. He kept looking up, which brings us to the middle of his life, his middle years. And we see that this is a man who's living by faith. He started off looking by faith, 
Now he's living by faith. Notice with me as we go back to our text in Joshua chapter 14. Notice as he goes back and he gives an accounting. He's talking to his friend Joshua. And he gives an accounting of what has happened before. Joshua chapter 14 and notice in verse number 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb the son of Jephthah the Kinzite said unto him. Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said concerning um, unto Moses the man of God concerning me and thee and Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Now, he goes back and he's recalling an event that occurred 40 years previously. If you don't mind, let's actually go back into the book of Numbers. And let's look at this event that, that Caleb is talking about. Numbers chapter 13, if you don't mind. Now, in Numbers 13, there's already been some things that came on. Uh, Caleb was working in the mud pits when the news started traveling around. Did you hear there's a deliverer? Did you hear there's a man who says he's going to get us out? Did you hear that Pharaoh may let us go? And he hears about a man by the name of Moses. Moses, by the way, is 80 years old when he goes and faces Pharaoh. And he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no. And so... God did several plagues upon Egypt until Egypt is broken. The spirit of Egypt is defeated. And Pharaoh says, just go, go, go. And what happens is that Caleb and all the rest of the children of Israel are delivered from Egypt. Then they go into the land. They turn into the land. Now they're next to the Red Sea. And they're stuck. They got the Red Sea to one side. They got Pharaoh's army who says, never mind, we can't let our slaves go. Let's go recapture them. And they're coming the other direction. And the people say, what do we do? And God said, don't worry, I will fight for you. And he said, Moses, raise your staff over. And the Red Sea parted. And Caleb and the rest of the children of Israel crossed. Now, that first year... They're building the tabernacle. They receive the Ten Commandments. They receive the law, the uh, 613 aspects of the law. They receive the plan of the tabernacle. They finally build the tabernacle. They anoint the tabernacle. So they spend one year kind of in transition getting the tabernacle ready to go. Now that the tabernacle is finished, God says, all right, let's go take the land. Before we take the land, go send spies out to to the land. And so we see here... That Caleb was one of the leaders at this time. Notice with me in the book of Numbers, chapter number 13. Let's pick it up in verse number 25. Numbers 13, verse number 25. Notice what it says. Uh, uh, Let me go back a little bit. Um, What occurred is um, in the first part of chapter 13, they're picking out the heads of the children of Israel. Verse number 3, Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men who were the heads of the children of Israel. Notice verse 6, of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephthah. You know what has occurred? 
that sometime within the year before, maybe a little bit before, Caleb has showed himself wholly following the Lord. He has now become the head, the leader of the tribe of Judah. That came by him being someone that people can follow. People can go after. People are saying he's following after the Lord. We're following after him. And so he has chosen to be part of the head of the tribe of Judah. And he is picked as one of the 12 men who are going into the land to go spy out the land. So they go into the land. They, they go and see all the things that are coming and occurring. Then in verse number 25, we see them return and give the report. Numbers 13, 25. And they, the spies, return from searching of the land after 40 days. So 40 days, they're on an adventure. For 40 days, they have been wandering around the promised land, the land of milk and honey. They've been seeing all the sights. They're, they're examining the inhabitants. They're trying to get a feel of what this new land is going to be like. Verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, unto Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came into the land, and whether thou sentest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey." And this is the fruit thereof. Basically, what they had done is they're coming back with these huge grapes. They're coming back with different uh, fruit, different uh, crops, different things that come up. And they say, do you see how wonderful these grapes are? Do you see these olives? Do you see these things? Look at all this land has to offer. Look at what we brought with us. Verse number 28. Nevertheless... The people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now, this children of Anak is going to be very important. We're going to come back to them a couple different times. But basically, the children of Anak are giants in the land. Now, when I mean giants, I mean they're nine feet tall. They're taller than you and I. They're giants. They're giants in the land. And so they say, you should see all the great fruit. You could see all the land. Surely it's a land flowing with milk and honey. But we're scared of the people there. They got big cities and big walls. And there's giants. We saw these giants there. So they're coming back with this report that they saw the giants. Verse 29. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea by the coast of Jordan. So they're giving this report back. And they say, but we got these people over here and these people over here and these people. And there's giants. Remember, there's giants. And they got these people over here and these people. But there's giants. And they're hung up on these giants, and they refer to them a couple times. But they come back and they say, we know the land is great, but those people, we're scared of them. Now notice Caleb steps up in verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people, calm down guys, before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So Josh, Caleb stood up and said, guys, guys, guys. We can do it. God's on our side. Those giants are so small to God. Let us go. Man, we can take it. It's not a problem. But unfortunately, the people didn't listen to Caleb. 
verse 31. But the men that were with him said, we will not be able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land, though it we be have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. That means they're giants. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. There's giants in the land. We can't do it. But here's Caleb that says we can do it. Man, we're looking into the God. As long as we're going after God, God can do it. We're on the majority. Let's go. But everyone else says, we can't do it. They're too big. I don't want to go. Let's go home. And they had the little fat pit, um, pouting fit. And what had happened is that God is not happy. God is not happy at all. And it's because of the people here that as they disobey God. You see, it's not just that they had disbelief. They disobeyed God. God said, go out and go take them. And they go, no, we can't. Their disbelief led to disobedience. Now, as they publicly, purposefully, and outright disobeyed God... God said, fine, if you want to be that way, you don't want to go into the promised land. You're not going to the promised land. You're going to wander around this desert for 40 years until everyone who is 20 years old and up are dead. Now, Caleb is 40 at this time. Uh, Joshua is also that old. But notice as God spares them in Numbers 14, verse number 30. Numbers 14 in verse number 30. Uh, let's hit 29 as well for context sake. Numbers 14 verse 29. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness according to all that were numbered of you. According to your whole number from 20 years old and upward which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear unto you to make you dwell in the land. Save Caleb the son of Jephthah and Joshua the son of Nun. And then it goes on and says, all this, you said you don't want to go in the land? Fine. You're not going in the land. But Caleb, guess what? You're going in the land. Joshua, guess what? You're going in the land because you believed God. You trusted God. You live by faith. You see, you understand that Joshua and Caleb, they were living by faith while everyone else was living by fear. That is something about him wholly following God. He says, God said, we're going to take it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That's part of that living by faith. God said it. Let's go do it. And so he he was promised that he was going to get inheritance. But he had to wait the 40 plus years. So we fast forward. We started off with Caleb. Being born, they were called him this dog. He was born in the slave pits. For 39 years of his life, he's making brick. He's, he's slaving away. He has no freedom. He has no hope. Until finally he's delivered and he gets a brand new life. With a brand new life, God promised him victory. And he said, let's go, let's go, let's go. Even when everyone else said it can't be done. It can't be done. Let's not do that. Let's just stay home. Let's be safe. Let's not go through this. 
But Caleb said, let's go, let's go, let's go. Now, because of the disobedience of the people, they don't go into the land until 40 years later. Caleb has to watch his friends die. He is now an 80-year-old man in the midst of younger people. He is an ancient. He's one of the oldest people there now. Him and Joshua, they're old men in the midst of all these other folks here. They wait for five years as they finally conquer the land. It takes five years from Jericho until they finally conquer the land and begin to uh, divide the land out. Now he's been waiting 45 years for the promise. Notice back with me in Joshua chapter number 14. Joshua 14, and notice with me in verse number 9, as Caleb is finishing up this, this idea of what happened in the past, he's already explained that I was 40 years old when Moses sent the uh, message from Kadosh Barnea and sent us to spy out, but no one else wanted to go, but I, I said I'm going to wholly follow God. Verse number 9, And Moses sware on that day, saying, Surely the land wherein thy feet have tridden, trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever because thou is holy follow the lord now god said or moses told caleb caleb everywhere that you traveled and you walked around all of that's yours you remember they wandered for 40 days they went across the promised land 40 days you could cover a lot of ground in 40 days and he said hey everywhere you went you pick that's yours you go ahead and have it Joshua said, or Caleb said, all right, I have my choice. I can have anywhere in the promised land that I can, that, that I, tr- that I walked upon. Let me tell you what I want, which we come to the third part of Caleb's days. We talked about his early years. We talked about his middle years. His early years is looking by faith. His middle years is living by faith. Now his later years taking ground by faith. He's an 85-year-old man. He approaches Caleb and says, or Caleb approaches Joshua and says, all right, I'm ready for my inheritance. I'm 85 years old. Let's get this done now. Notice with me in verse number 10. Joshua 14 in verse number 10. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. That's usually a good start. He says, God's kept me alive. I haven't died. 85 years old. I'm still alive. I'm ready to take this This." This promise, he says, uh, verse number 10, Behold now, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he has said, these 40 and 5 years. He said, I've been waiting 45 years for this promise. 45 years for this day. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day four score. Remember, a score is 20, so four times 20 is 80. Plus five. I am four score and five years old. I'm 85 years old. And yet I'm as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And my uh, strength was then. Even so my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Now remember, he was a pretty healthy guy. He worked in the slave pits for 40 years. 40 years of working out in the mud stuff. He was pretty strong. He says, hey, it's 45 years later. I'm 85 years old and I'm just as strong as I was when I'm 40. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready for this. Man, he's ready to go. He's excited about it. And there's nothing to hold him back. They're just, you know, kind of, all right, wait, 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 wait. Come on. He's ready to go. He says, hey, let me go, Joshua. Let me go. 
man, that, that wouldn't be wouldn't it be exciting to be around Caleb and listen to this 85 year old guy? Let's go. Come on. Why are we waiting? Let's go. He says, <laughs> uh, verse number 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Wherefore, the Lord spoke in that day, for thou hast heard in the day how the Anakins, remember what the Anakins are, they're giants. He says, I want the mountain where the giants are at, were there, that the cities were great and fenced. If so be that the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, even as the Lord said. You know what he said? I, I could pick whatever land I want. Remember God promised that? Yep. He says, I want the mountain with the giants on it. We haven't gotten rid of those giants. They're still living up there. I want that one. I want the one with those mountains. You know why? Because those giants are so itty bitty next to God. I have no problems with it. So I want that one right there. Praise the Lord for someone to live with that much faith. I'm not scared of any giants. God said I could have it. I'm taking it. I don't care about the obstacles. I don't care about the things in the way. Those giants don't scare me. My God is bigger than them. Let's go take it. Joshua. Let me go, let me go, let me go. Come on, I'm ready to go. 85 years old, man. He's ready to go take this mountain by himself with a sword and say, let's go, man. He's ready for it. Verse 13, and Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephthah, Hebron, for an inheritance. Now, Hebron is a very big mountain inside of that Judah region. And Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kesnite, unto this day. Why? Because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Now notice this in verse 15. And the name of Hebron before was Kareth um, Arba. So Caleb changed the name. He says now it's going to be Hebron. But before it was Kerjath Arba. Which Arba was a great man among the Amalekites. Or Anakites. And the land had rest from the war. So what does that mean? It was named because of Arba lived there. And Arba was a great man among the Amalekites, which were giants. So how big was this guy? This guy was probably a 12-foot guy. He says, I want that mountain. I want that guy with the biggest giant there. I'm not afraid of him. Let's go take it. Let's go. And he says, I'm going to rename the mountain. And we're not going to worry about the giants no more. We're going to call it Hebron. Let's go. Man, go Caleb. And, you know, three times it says here, all of his life, he wholly followed the Lord. You know, when you wholly follow the Lord, another way of saying that is you live by faith. You walk by faith. You move by faith. It's looking unto Jesus. And as long as Jesus is leading you, you're going. You know, that's the type of attitude that we should have. Sometimes we get to the place and we give excuses why we can't win the battle. Someone could easily told, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you understand, Caleb? You're 85 years old, man. You're ready for the retirement home. He probably would have backhanded him and said, get out of my way, son. Let's go. What are you holding me back for? I'm not old. Let's go. You know, abilities, whatever else, we can come up with excuses of why we can't follow God. We can come up with different excuses why I can't read my Bible. I can't read my Bible because I'm so busy. You make a choice to follow God or not to follow God. 
You make a choice whether to go to church or not. You can make a choice whether to give or not. Whatever it is, you choose to follow God or not to follow God. That's just as simple as it is. But as for Caleb, you know what everyone said about Caleb? That is someone who wholly followed God. I mean, he followed God so much that if you're in his way, you better move because he's going right through you. This is a guy who's determined he's not going to let anything stop him from following God. You know, we called Caleb a dog. You know what kind of dog he'd probably be? Good old bulldog. Just something that's not going to let anything get in his way. He's going to be determined. He's going to, he's going to clinch on. He's not letting go. He's just moving forward. You know, he ended up being a good bulldog for the Lord. Isn't that a great testimony? You know, one preacher said this. That the true measure of a man is not what he accomplishes The true measure of a man is what it takes to stop him. What does it take to stop you from following God? What does it take to stop you from serving God? What does it take to to give you a justified excuse why you can't obey God in whatever area it is? You know, we should be more like Caleb. Caleb gives a great example. He determined he's going to follow God no matter what excuses. He had the excuse of his background. Well, I just wasn't raised that away. That doesn't matter anything. My daddy just didn't like me. He treated me like a dog. Doesn't matter. Hey, no one else wants to go forward, so I don't want to go forward either. Doesn't matter. I'm 85 years old. I want the easy path. Instead of that mountain, let's take this nice field that, that no one lives on right here. So I want that mountain. The true measure of a man is not what he accomplishes, but what it takes to stop him. What type of thing does it take to stop you? What obstacles are in your way that keep you from wholly following the Lord? What we learn from Caleb's life is that there is no excuse. Set them all aside. You choose to follow after God. You choose to be obedient to him or... You choose to be disobedient to him. What is it that stops you? We understand that all of us have different abilities. All of us have different strengths. You should never compare yourself to some other Christian and say, well, I can't do what they can. That someone else, they're a better singer. He's a better speaker. He's a better whatever. He's a better whatever else. You can't compare yourself to anyone else. What you do is you take advantage of the opportunities God gives you. What does it take to stop you? You're not in a race to see all that you accomplish and that we compare accomplishments because we all have different abilities. The one thing is what does it take to stop you from accomplishing what God has given you to do? I want that mountain. I want the one with the giants on it. I want the one with the giant giants on it. I want that one. I don't care what you say. I want that mountain. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time 
to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.